Welcome to episode 60 of the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology related matters and much more besides. I'm your host, Michael Lonnan, and in today's episode, I took a drive to sunny and glorious Dorset for a chinwag with Dorset Council Chief Executive Matt Prosser. Now, Dorset Council is a unitary council made up originally of six district and borough councils. This means Matt had spaghetti of different systems, processes and data on his hands. And I caught up with Matt to find out how he approached the challenge of pulling all of this together to ensure citizen services continue seamlessly. So grab a brew, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Tea or coffee? Tea. Loud or quiet? Loud. Lose your sense of smell or lose your sense of taste? I lost both. Oh, oh no. But but I've got smell back, no, taste back, smell random. When did you get it? Because I'm exactly the same. Oh. I was about six months ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So September last year. Oh, my God. I've only just started picking little bits up now. It was bizarre. It was I had three, three different aftershaves. One I could smell and the other two I couldn't. <laughs> Maybe that was the more premium version, so you could chuck away. <laughs> um, coast or countryside? Oh, well, both, because I'm Dorset, you see, so I've got both, you see. I am very envious of where you live, Matt. And you've just come back from a holiday. How are you feeling? Are you feeling refreshed? I am actually feeling refreshed. I took my own medicine. As I say to colleagues, you know, switch it off, find the off button, turn off the email, turn off the Teams, all the notifications, and have two weeks. Helped by the fact that for some reason my roaming contract didn't seem to work properly in, in uh, Europe. So I was reliant on, on um, <laughs> poor Wi-Fi connection anyway. So it was fine. It was great. I had a complete break. Did some reading of some physical books and uh, spent a bit of time in the sun. There is a tip for anyone who's going to listen to this. All right. So today we're talking about challenges in local authorities. So in terms of local authorities and delivering the services, what are what are you seeing as generally the biggest challenges? Well, well, I'd say it's a simple question, but I suppose uh, I'll keep I'll keep the response as simple as I can. I think at the moment it's going to be our ability to attract and maintain good people, knowledge and expectations within local government, both about technology uh, uh, and supporting everyone to understand how and why it isn't just about changing IT systems when we think about digital transformation. But I think uh, more generally, it is just about retaining people. You know, we're competing in a in a national marketplace. You know, mm, you can yeah. um, you can do a job from your back room now, working for a London authority as easily as you can. Uh, you know, live in Dorset and do that. So why why would you work for why would you work for us uh, as an individual authority? So yeah, it's a good challenge. Yeah, that skills gaps coming up everywhere uh, and and filling up or finding the right talent. So how are you approaching it in, in Dorset? So one of the things we've set out is to be an employer of choice. So firstly, we want to retain the people we've got, the good people okay. that we've got. Uh, and secondly, we've been running a campaign recently about um, Love Dorset and uh, why people love to work in Dorset. So getting out uh, from our workforce across from the, you know, all all, all levels of the organisation, just saying a little bit about what, what it is to work at Dorset Council. And uh, hopefully that will attract people who want to come here. And also it's helping to get the messages out as to why it's a great organisation to work for. <laughs> let me just say, let me just be an advocate for Dorset. It's one of my favourite places to go. So if ever anybody thinks about going down there, go down there. Highly recommend it. Now, Thank you. Um, Dorset Council is, has set themselves a, a pretty ambitious target. So I think um, I was reading to save sort of around £18 million by the end of 2024. And there's there's a bit of a project, a large transformation project built around or built around 38 of its own separate projects. Can you tell me a little bit more about that ambition and what's what's fueling it? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, Dorset Council is a new council. It's a unitary council now. It was formed from six different organisations before, one county council and five district and borough councils existed before. So we've been through a massive transformation programme, just pulling all those six organisations into one. By very necessity, coming into one organisation, we've got to think about doing things differently. You know, we, uh, we're one council, nine not six. So we yeah. want to remove the duplication. We want to focus as much as we can on the front line uh, delivering services to residents. So that's that's the aim of the plan um, is to is to make us more efficient, take those resources. You talked about 18 million pounds. That's not just about taking that out of the budget. That's about refocusing some of that. Obviously, we've got a, a big focus. One of our great benefits in Dorset is we're a lovely place to live. Uh, yeah. And we get a lot of people who choose to come here when they've stopped working. And uh, as a consequence, we've got one of the largest older populations in the country. So we need to be able to support them and give the services and they don't come cheap. So one of the things about is shifting shifting uh, inefficiency to delivering services. That's our challenge. So you've got you, you've grown effectively. The count, you've got a massive job. I've got to say this, mate. You've got a really big, um, important job. And um, I, you know, I hats off to you for taking the challenge on. But do you think generally not as a result of actually becoming a unitary council? Is it becoming harder? Is it perhaps coming easier to service citizen needs? Well, I think it's really interesting, Michael. Because obviously, the last couple of years has been transformational for many in, uh, in for different reasons, uh, both good uh, and bad, with the pandemic. And the pandemic has meant that, that digital citizen expectations have risen because we've had to put everything, you know, into that online space as much as possible, so that yeah. you know when people couldn't travel and work. So we're racing to keep up in one sense. We're delivering new customer platforms. We've got all omni-channel experiences at the same time, as well as supporting our customers, businesses, and communities throughout and now living with COVID. So we've had to do both and, uh, which has been a real challenge. I mean, you know, just an example, we've doubled our turnover through the through the COVID pandemic, giving out more than our annual budget in grants to support local people on top of still delivering that day job with the same resources, uh, pretty much by and large. So uh, yeah, making changes on the fly to our services and our digital offers has been a challenge. So I think it's become harder, but I think actually that kind of can-do approach that, that yeah. was, came out of that. First first week of the pandemic, you know, the, so the 16th of March, 2020, um, I moved 2,554 employees to work online. If I'd have said to them the week before, in a week's time, you're all going to be working online, they'd have said, you're mad. <laughs> um, but actually, we've been able to do that. And we've been able to say, you know, actually take that can-do approach. You know, when you've got a singular focus on something, you can do anything. And uh, I think, um, apart from being a bit tired, um, I think the workforce is still up for those challenges. Very good. And again, words of wisdom, words of wisdom. I'm going to ask this question, but I'm pretty sure I know the answers. But how is technology helping you adapt and meet those changing needs for citizens? Well, we, we obviously, when we were creating and setting up the new council in 2019, we set out to be a digitally based council. So technology underpins everything that we do now. Um, it's right. obviously much easier. You know, for those for those who weren't in the space that we are, have been dragged kicking and screaming through the pandemic to, to, to rely on it. We had the benefit a little bit. Of, it wasn't foresight. We didn't know a pandemic was coming, but oh. with hindsight, oh. it was a good decision. So we've changed models and systems and processes to be customer focused rather than implementing the kind of the monolithic systems that meant the organisational customers had to adapt to them. But, um, you know, obviously we're, we're working within the uh, uh, digital declaration and the low code revolution. Um, it's got other issues associated with us. We need to make sure we oversee and manage and maintain um, that code and be consistent across all of our services if we were going to have a really unified customer experience we're, we're, we're trying really hard to move to that one door both physical and um, and digital um, so that when people come into the council wherever they come into us they get a seamless service 
Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And almost some of the things you're saying, they almost sounds more like a, a, a private business, to be honest, in facing some of those challenges. Um, let's talk about, you know, adopting new technology. And, and when you're bringing businesses together, the challenge often is that there are different systems uh, meeting different requirements and people have different skills in, in working with those technologies. And there's reticence sometimes to pick certain things up of the different technologies. Your, as a, as a council that's, that's come together out of many councils, is I guess is has kind of some of those underpinning problems as well, I'd imagine. Yes, it does. Um, but of course, I mean, that was also the benefit. That benefit okay. of, of changing things was the the, um, the excuse to make excuse to make change <laughs> happen. You know, rather than saying to your workforce, you know, we're just going to have to change this new way of working, actually saying, look, we're a new organisation, so we're going to do some things differently. Uh, and we took a lot, a lot of time with the staff to, to bring them along with us on that journey in terms of saying, you know, what are the things of our old organisations we really want to keep, the good things, and what are the things we wanted to jettison uh, and move on? And, that, and that's been that's been really, really important. And then, of course, moving that, we've made many changes in technologies. We've come together as, as a new council. But under, importantly, it's been underpinned uh, by user-focused co-design and service design approach that transforms the way we deliver our services, designing around the customer. I mean, for me, the really important thing is the customer. Brilliant advice, yeah. Uh, around how we support them. Now, that's a big challenge for local authorities. We're not like a commercial, in one sense, we're not like a commercial company. We don't get to segment the market and say, well, we're going to just deliver to the profitable element or we're just going to deliver to that segment that we choose to go into. We've got to deliver a universal service to all 380,000 residents in Dorset. And that's sometimes a challenge. But actually, there is a chance for us to be, we talk about being commercial with a social social purpose. So we can be more business-like with a social purpose. So we can look at it and make sure we're effective and efficient in the way we do things and look at other business businesses in the private sector to see how they've done things and take the good things from that and go, so how do we interpret that to be a council? That's a great piece of advice, actually. And I was going to ask you that. So if, if for any other council that's going through any kind of change of culture, change of uh, transformation for the positive in a positive way to deliver better services, what sort of advice would you give them? But perhaps it's things like looking at how private organisations um, are, are managing how they're dealing with their customers, the type of services that they're delivering and how what experiences they're providing, perhaps. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, one of the quotes that I'm often heard saying into the organisation, good one for me, and it comes from private sector businesses, was uh, from Sir Terry Leahy when he was um, chief of sector Tesco's, which at the time I think was the third largest retailer on the planet. And I love the quote. And he used to say, look, if you stop and you listen to your customers, they'll tell you what is wrong with your organisation. But if you stop and listen for long enough, they'll also tell you what is both good about your organisation and how you're making the things that are going wrong go right. And that's really, really sound advice, you know, and, and we've tried to do that. So my advice to others is to listen and involve your citizens, your, your elected members and staff at every state. You know, they'll work with you to help you shape things that uh, that work. Um, we, we're not afraid to fail, uh, fail fast and to reinvent ourselves. We've got to reimagine and always have a strong, clear, compelling, exciting reason as to why we're changing things. Because, you know, you need to take people with you. You need to understand why they're going through this pain of change uh, and how it will make things better for everyone involved in making it happen. You know, that's what we're trying to do as we seek to make Dorset, you know, a great place to live, work and visit. Fantastic advice. Now, uh, final thing for me, really, and because I'm in admiration for for what you're doing and, and the responsibilities you're you're effectively taking care of. How do you do it? You know, as, as a chief executive of such a large council, a large unitary council, how do you relax? How do you unwind? How do you how do you take some of this responsibility off your shoulders as a, as an individual, as a person? I've um, 
Michael, I'll give you the trade seekers. The trade seeker here, you know, I've surrounded myself throughout my career with great people and I've seen my role just to allow them to be great. You know, so I've got people who work around me who can do things that I absolutely can't do, but, but I see it as my my role to to just release them to be the best that they can be. You know, we're at the end of the day, even within a digital digital technology and digital services, we are a people-based organisation delivering services to people. So I need my people to be the best they can be. And that's why we invest in them and training and development uh, and supporting them. How do I relax on the back of that? Well, knowing that I've got a good team around me. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I didn't look at my emails for two weeks whilst I was on leave. I had two of my exec directors stepped into the space to be acting chief exec for me. Trust them and know that uh, they were they got my back and were looking out for the stuff that I do while I was away. It's great. If you stop and listen to your customers, they'll tell you what is wrong with your organisation. But if you stop and listen for long enough, they'll also tell you what is both good about your organisation and how you're making the things that are going wrong go right. This is the mantra Matt and Dorset Council follow. Listen and involve citizens, elected members and staff at every chance because they'll work with you to shape change for the better. Always have a strong, clear, compelling, exciting reason as to why you change things because you need to take people with you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Thank you.